0: on this episode of why watch that
1: but eventually he ends up confronting a man who maybe was you know trying to infiltrate his marriage Uh, and yeah and a quantum leap if you know that uh oh (laughs) 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 like you can explore that concept that's great i love it but not with zombies (laughs) i'm sorry go ahead then bye
0: for a crime that is truly, I'm surprised he only got 10 years for, uh, he <laughs> bit off a family member,
1: so his What, mother... he bit off a family member? What? we <laughs> will see. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic
0: And referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover
1: the best movies- And TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critics.
0: Well, nothing gets past the ref.
1: We do all the work.
0: So you don't have to. Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. the critic got a chance to see a sneak peek (laughs) at uh, a new movie called Max Rose that's coming out September 2nd in a theater somewhere, maybe an art house theater or major markets, wherever. And it's starring one of the comic greats, who's still alive and I had no idea. Yeah, And this is Jerry Lewis. Yes, the Jerry Lewis. Nutty Uh, Professor. The original Nutty Professor. The uh, king of comedy, Scorsese's movie. I mean, Jerry Lewis is probably among the last living legends of, you know, the 50s, 60s, and obviously now into our modern time. Yeah. Uh, also starring in the movie is some of the like TV and films veterans. Kevin Pollock, who I love. Yeah. Uh, as well as Dean Stockwell, if you don't know that. if Fred Willard is in this, um, along with some others. Tell us about it.
1: Okay, so what happens is Jerry Lewis plays the titular character Max Rose. He is a musician, a pianist, um, and his <laughs> wife, <laughs> and his wife has just died. Oh, oh. yeah. So you know he—it's late in life, uh, so that's to be expected. But he's a widower. Uh, he can't really take it. Uh, we see what uh, the director Daniel Noah does, and the writer Daniel Noah. What he does is. He shows us what he's thinking of in his memory. So you have those kinds of flashbacks that, you know, you know what it looks like when they give you that kind of dream yep, yep. S- sequence kind of thing. So we see him seeing his wife, and really he's detached from his own reality. He doesn't want to deal with his granddaughter, whom he loves. And his granddaughter is played by Carrie Bichet, who is one of the stars of Halt and Catch Fire. Wow. One of so, you know, she's there to care for him, but he's not really there with her. His son, her father... Is played by Kevin Bollock, and they have a strained relationship. So eventually what happens is Mr. Max finds a little trinket Uh-oh. that suggests that maybe his wife wasn't the woman he thought she was. Oh. Okay. So this kind of gets him going. Uh, he eventually gets out of his house, and he agrees to live in a, a, a old folks' home. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when, to me, the movie kind of takes off. It gets some energy in it. And he meets some other guys there. They have this wonderful scene where they're just recounting days past and enjoying each other's company. And that was fun. Um, but eventually he ends up confronting a person, a man who may be was, you know, trying to infiltrate his marriage. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Quantum Leap, if you know that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. So so at the end, we see is this resolved for Max or not? Um, Is he able to move on? And is he able to still cherish his wife, the memory of her, at the end? So, it's all about relationships. It's about the past and reconciling that in the present. What I'll say is, it's not too long. Uh, the opening to me, you understand why we need these melancholy moments, but it might lose a lot of viewers. Okay. Uh, again, once he gets to the, the whole uh, nursing home kind of situation, it does pick up a bit. So that second half of the film has a little more energy. You know, it's it's OK, It's okay as a story. It's really not going to be something where you go, wow, I haven't seen something like that before. Uh, But what I do appreciate the most is the actors. And I really think it was smart of Daniel Noah to cast Jerry Lewis in that role because you don't expect it. But uh, Jerry Lewis's face, that face, the expressions, even when he's not talking a lot, which doesn't happen in a lot of the film, especially in the first half, you get it. Yes. In his face. He just shows you all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Carrie, Carrie Bechet playing his granddaughter, she has a great rapport with him. You feel that they love each other, but it's hard. You know, it's just a hard thing. Yeah. She has her own life. You know, she's a musician who separated from her husband because of this. You see with uh, Kevin Pollack playing his son, the strain in their relationship, and is that reconciled or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, So I would say... As a character piece, it's stronger than just as a regular film.
0: Well, you know what? The thing is, he's a living legend. He's 90 years old right now. It's something to check out, if you can, at the theaters, probably just for him. Or maybe when it comes around on your DVD or something like that. Just to to say, yeah, I got to see Jerry Lewis one more time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I completely concur. The Why Watch That Talk.
0: Well, listeners, guess what? Everything has a beginning. And everything
1: has an end. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) That goes for you, too, TV. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be be checking out... um, Dipping in, dipping back into some of the shows that we loved. They're back, and a couple, and maybe one or two. No, one new show, and then we're saying ta ta to one of our favorites. So let's get started because I know you have a lot to say, critic.
1: Oh, I'm excited. I know you are. Let's start with *Holt and Catch Fire*. Yes, oh. it is back
0: for its third season, and you know, quite frankly, what's going on here on AMC? Are we? is are the women taking over uh is, is i mean what's Lee pace up to really
1: oh well that let's hold that thought okay <laughs> now at the beginning of this third season mutiny mm. this this new company that s- seems like some sort of online social media pre-social media thing mm, uh-huh. nice so, space yeah so in the second season we saw that develop this season they're now not in Texas. They're in Cali. Going oh, and Cali. 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 So that's where they are. And they're trying to get funding and really make sure that this explodes. And the they, it's two women. Aha! Played by Mackenzie Davis and Kerry Bechet. Their characters are Cameron Howe and Donna Clark. Okay? Now, of course they have their struggles. Donna Clark's husband, played by Scoot McNary. Scoot! Scooty! Scoot McNary. Gordon Clark, his character... He's just helping out, but there's a tension there because Cameron doesn't really want Donna's husband involved because they've had problems with him in the past. This is going to bubble up to the surface again. We know it. Now, for Lee Pace, he's no longer with them. (gasps) He has started an antivirus company. Now, Mm -hmm. remember, everybody, this is the 80s, so all of this is new.
0: Yeah. Norton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Think that. Now, here's the thing for me with this show. I like it best when they're dealing with the tech stuff because it's kind of fun. You sit there and go, oh, are they doing Facebook? Oh, are they hinting at, you know, Norton, like you said? Oh, are they actually about to go into something else that we know we have in the future? That's when it's a lot of fun. It's not quite as fun. When they're not attached to that. When they're just dealing with the relationships. Mm. And you need, I said I was coming back to it, you need Lee Pace involved. In the first episode, we didn't get him until the end of it. Oh. So, I mean, it's okay. They're setting things back up. I just hope that they continue to bring him along, which I know they will. Because there's an employee of Mutiny Uh who might have to jump ship. And join him because he, see, he is the tension in the show. He's the obstacle. He's the wild card. So, you know, decent beginning. I'm still watching.
0: Yeah, you'll watch Halt and Catch Fire. You're so invested. Let's move on to a very familiar TV show that you love to scare me with. The Strain.
1: Oh, you did (laughs) it. I'm so proud of you, Ref, for doing that.
0: I will not be watching this show. I don't need to be jumping in my bed at night thinking some somebody's going to be uh, trying to attack me out of their mouths. I don't know.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, The Strain, okay, <laughs> it is on FX. This episode of The Strain is brought to you by... Okay, so... <laughs> in this season, Dr. F, played by Corey Stoll, he lost his son... We know before he's lost his wife. His son went to join his wife, who is a vampire. Okay, his oh, son needs sure. some counseling.
0: Apparently. He needs
1: yeah. And we know Mr. David Bradley, who was um was the schoolkeeper in Harry Potter. <laughs> I forgot the character's name. I love that guy. He is serious about destroying these vampires. I would be, too. Oh, yeah. Now, but... He has a little backstory with them that if you haven't seen the show, I'm not going to give it away. He has joined forces though with another vampire. okay, so he's not a vampire, but he's joined with he's joined forces with a vampire who's not connected to the villain vampire who's called the master. This other vampire, this ancient vampire, wants to vanquish the master. So David Bradley has joined forces with him. And they found this book that's supposed to be the key to getting rid of the master. Oh, my gosh. But, of course, David Bradley's like, look, I've got to read every page in this book before I do anything else. I'm not going to mess up again. So that's what's going on in a nutshell. Of course, there's a political force where they're trying to protect people in New York City. Uh, in certain boroughs and places and there's one politician who um, wants Corey stole Dr. F to get back on his job help her out to cure this thing to eradicate it now at the end of the first episode which premiered on Sunday (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm. we know that Dr. F's son is now being used by his former wife now vampire as leverage to get that book from David Bradley So with this show, everybody, it's just fun to watch. Uh, I don't care whether it's working or not. I'm enjoying it. Uh, please, please, please. Just keep it coming. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you remember in a uh, uh, movie it says you had me at hello?
1: <laughs> well, I left you at the strain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to trick you. I'm going to say, oh, this is a great thing I need you to see, and it's going to be the strain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's um, let's go to Sundance. They have a new show. Sort of, I guess. Um, I-, I-, I believe it's a, a Transplant. Uh, called Gamora. Yeah. And I don't know much about it, so I'm eager to hear what you have to say.
1: Now, this is based on a book by Roberto Saviano. Oh, there he is. Okay, and this act, this book is actually journalism. It's real. And it's the same name, Gamora. Uh, it was a worldwide hit, the book. It was a movie. A film was made of it first. Okay. Uh, a few years ago. Um, and uh, Vincent Piazza, when we interviewed, yes, Lea Duval, yeah, he brought this up. OK, so that movie, I think it's 2006, 2007. Can't remember when that was made of the book. Now, this show comes from the book. So the, the show isn't based on the movie. It's based on the book, but it's similar. Now, this is in Italian. As you said, it's a transplant from Italy. And this is telling a mob story, but it's not the mob that we know typically in the States. It's not the Sicilian mob.
0: Oh, okay. It's the
1: mob in northern Italy, which has a different structure. The, the Sicilian mob has a pyramidal structure. This mob in the north is much more horizontal. So what's the, what happens is they have different factions who agree to be together. And we know they have infighting as a result. Because who's the boss, right? Yeah. That's the question. Now, this kind of show, a lot of people have uh, compared it to The Wire, And the way it tells its story, it's it's not just about one person or thing. It's a series of different characters who are from different parts. They could be in the mob. They could be uh, just some tough on the street. They could be a professional. They could be the mother of somebody. So you get different snapshots. And we see how the whole community is affected. Mm. Now, you have to read subtitles, everyone, for this. So the question is: See, the ref is rolling eyes. I'm
0: sorry, I don't need to be like that. But I, I've been reading. I read all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the question is: Are you going to have the patience for this to pay off? Unlike the wire, the acting is consistent. See, that was always my pri- problem with the wire. Because the wire, sometimes you get a great actor, sometimes you get someone who doesn't know anything about acting. Yeah, I, mean, I can't.
0: You back in because I know you can get on that horse and ride her to she's dead.
1: I just can't take it. So this is very consistent. You, again, have to have patience. But I think if crime is really the kind of story you like and you want that gritty realism, this is for you. Um, So check it out. They aired the first two hours of it, Ref, uh, which I think was helpful. Mm -hmm. And, again, you're going to get the violence. You're going to get people dying. And, and serious things going on. So there
0: you go. What's up with the Italians over there? They've got, all, they've got degrees of mobbery. <laughs> let's move on to, let's, speaking of death, let's move on to AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, it's back and getting us all revved up for Walking Dead, I'm sure.
1: Now, this is the second half of this season. So they took a hiatus. They have come back. As I always say with both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, if you're going to give me characters and their backstories, I need to care. Um, Now, what has happened in the uh, return of this season, what we've gotten is old boy who decided to leave his family. Okay, go off on his own because he would rather be with zombies than with Americans, essentially. Uh, He likes the the Mexican viewpoint of death, where dead people and death is not something to fear. My problem is this. These are zombies! (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can explore that concept. That's great. I love it. But not with zombies! (laughs) I'm sorry! Go ahead then. Bye! And then what he's gonna find out, and we know it, is that his little thoughts of this aren't quite what they seem to be. Everything's not going to play off as well as he thinks because he's found some people and they've taken him in. But we know every time that happens in these shows, that's a problem. Now, his mom, found zombies who took him in. No, no, people. So oh, there's, oh. Some, there's some Mexican people who, who rescue him. Essentially, I'm not giving it away. This first episode is really about him trying to find his way alone.
0: Okay.
1: Um, So they find him. They rescue him. He's injured in a certain way. I won't tell you how. They bring him in. But, of course, he doesn't know who these people are, and neither do we. Now, his family, in the second episode, we see them come back in, his mother and sister, uh, most notably. And then the whole thing is, oh, should we leave him or not? You know, that whole thing. So my thing with this is I like it when it's human versus human in these shows because that's the threat. The zombies are just you know representing that so that's when I like it as long as they're following that I'm fine but if you're going to focus on characters make sure that they make some sort of sense that's my take if you like it fine Um, I'm I'm still watching it though
0: I love that you're looking at me, <laughs> as if I'm a writer. <laughs> I am for hire. Now, moving on. Let's, let's end it with this. Let's end it with this. Uh-oh. HBO has. Well, they didn't burst onto the scene. They've always been here. But the Night of has been the surprise hit of the summer. It's up there with Stranger Things, and it it's
1: just Not again. It's up there with what?
0: I'm. I don't know. I'm saying the surprise of it. Yeah. Who was on this podcast oh, talking about Oh my things? gosh. We're not talking about Stranger <laughs> Things. We're talking about the night of. Twitter blew up. I, I'm telling you. The finale was, uh, was Sunday and it's a 60-40. 60% think, what in the world? Why did you end it like that? This is not the catharsis that I need. 40% say, brilliant. What does the critic say?
1: Excuse me. If you were expecting catharsis, maybe you weren't paying attention.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Now let me tell you about The Night Of. This is a show that is not about just its title. It is not about just a guy who may be wrongfully accused. We don't know. It's about systems in the United States. And the main one is the legal system. We see how it doesn't work. Okay, That's what disturbs you about it. It is not a show where you sit there and you're being pulled in multiple directions and they're going all the way. uh, As far as passion is concerned, it is cold and it is brutal. Now, they do have what I like is you do get some humor every now and then. (laughs) Old boy who was in The Wire and The Good Wife, him. (laughs) That character is just... Hilarious, just hilarious. So you get little pockets like that. And there's a suggestion that maybe things will be okay, not great, okay. However, for Mr. Riz Ahmed, the lead character, we know once, see, here's the point once you're in the clutches of the system, once they book you and arrest you and put you in jail, no bail, you're done. Does it matter whether he's acquitted or not? No, it's over. He's in jail. And he's already become inculcated in that culture. He's done. He's doing drugs. He's getting prison tattoos. What difference does it make? See, that's the question where you go, is it better for him on the inside or on the outside? We don't know. And at the end, you'll see which way it goes. But this life, this bright light of a life, regardless of any faults that he had, is done. That's the tragedy. His family, how can they go on? What is their relationship going to be like? Also, we get John Turturro. Now, look, John Turturro as his lawyer with the eczema and everything else. Oh, gross. That man, if you don't know John Turturro, he makes it look like he's not acting. He is doing a lot of work. That man is brilliant. He's a great actor. He's one of the greatest actors.
0: Oh my gosh, this is angry, the very angry review.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because it got under my skin and not because they said we're going to get under your skin. No, they said we're just going to be honest. It was like eczema. <laughs> and, <that's, laughs> and that is a metaphor because I'm not going to tell you what happens, Ref. You haven't gone through everything. There's a whole journey with his eczema that echoes the show. Oh, and, see uh, how smart I am. You are so smart. And it is so well thought out. We get the, the DA. That woman, give her an Emmy because I really think she's a DA. I don't think she's an actress. <laughs> I think she's a, even in the courtroom, Ref, in the courtroom, she looks like a real lawyer, not a TV lawyer. A real one with imperfections. Looks like she's been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> like, perfect. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, we'll my gosh. The, the actor playing Detective Box. Give all these people awards. This man, you will not believe what happens to his character. What he? We know from the beginning he's not quite sure. Not quite sure. We see this. So this is not a show that's going to give you a payoff. It's a mm. show that's going to make you think. It's a show that's going to make you reflect on what's going on right now. In our society, and is the outcome or the outlook good? I don't know. Everybody, that's the thing. It's a question mark, and that's an appropriate question mark. This is not about black and white. This is about gray. Oh wow! Okay, so you
0: <laughs> listeners have had an earful. <laughs> <laughs> during this segment uh, because you've got some choices. If you do want to catch up on the night of, it's still on HBO, but you'll have to have a subscription to that. Yes. Other than that, you can catch these other shows on their respective networks. Listen, TV's not going anywhere, so why should you? Did you know part one?
1: Well, 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 Ref, I have another did you know.
0: Did you know it?
1: Now, here's the thing. A birthday girl Oh, girl, went to that was yeah. That was a clue. Went to high school.
0: Okay, high school
1: with with Snoop Dogg. She yes. went to
0: high school with Snoop Dogg.
1: Yes, concurrently. Forties. She's in her forties. Okay, and this high school also graduated. Let me give you some of the names: Nate Dogg, <laughs> Warren G. <laughs> okay, Lita Ford, the musician. Lita Ford. Yes. And also, your favorite actor, Carl Weathers.
0: Carl Weathers went to high school with her? <laughs>
1: Not with her. But <laughs> just graduated. So think about who this could be.
0: Okay. I think I know. I think I know. I think I know. This episode of Why Watch? That's brought to you by Audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and mp3 player.
1: Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know... Part two. All right, we're back, and you said you think you know who is yeah. it. Is it Regina King? <laughs> no, oh my goodness. <laughs> that is a, you know what? That is an interesting, interesting guess. I mean,
0: Nate Dogg, Warren G, Snoop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what kind of high school was
1: this? <laughs> well, it's the high school that won. It was, no, no, it was
0: high school. Oh.
1: <laughs> 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 well, this is actually. Cameron Diaz. She's the birthday girl. What? Cameron Diaz? (laughs) That's right. Wait a minute. Cameron Diaz (laughs) went to
0: high school with Snoop Dogg. She did. Hilarious. I love that. Did you know? That's a great
1: one. (laughs) 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 Happy (laughs) birthday, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, happy birthday. And the high school is Long Beach Polytechnic High School. So shout out to them. All of those great graduates.
0: (laughs) High school. (laughs) Back to why watch that. A
1: Why Watch That First Look. Well, hello there, listeners, and guess what? This is The Critic introducing the ref who just saw a movie that's sweeping the nation called Hell or High Water. Oh, Uh, boy. Yeah, this past weekend, it's opened in a wider release, and it will keep... Uh, coming to more and more theaters. Um, this is directed by David McKenzie. I saw his uh, startup. He directed that. So he has a major film here. It is written by Taylor Sheridan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, who also wrote a, a film we love, Raph Sicario.
0: Yeah, I had to finally get you to see that movie. Good gracious.
1: Are you calling me out while I'm I, trying yeah. to... <laughs> So he wrote that, and it stars Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges. Oh, my goodness. Look, I'm so excited. Please tell us, me, really, me about this.
0: Okay, so here's the deal. Hell, and, hell, hell or high water is exactly what you expect. <laughs> there are some things you do, some things you go for. Hell or high water, we're going to get this thing done. Now, listen, the story is about two brothers. One who just got out of prison, Ben Foster, spent a decade in prison, and for a crime that is truly, I'm surprised he only got 10 years for, uh, he bit off a family member, so I'll let you watch to figure that out. Um, however, his Boy, brother- he
1: bit off a family member. What?
0: <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Chris Pine, who plays his brother, um, his younger brother, has been taking care of their dying mother for several months, and of course, she finally dies and the, the farm is up for uh, foreclosure. And they want to do the, all that they can to keep that farm because something is very special about that farm. Now, folks, this all takes place in the dusty towns of Texas. The two brothers, Chris Pine and Ben Foster, decide to construct this scheme to start robbing banks.
1: Of course they do. Why not?
0: They start robbing banks, and they're robbing particular banks. I'll just tease that for a very particular reason. Mm. Now, as they're going through robbing these particular banks across Texas, there's a sheriff who gets the case, and it's Jeff Bridges played wonderfully beautifully by Jeff Bridges, who is on the brink of retirement. This is his last gig. Of course, of course. I know. The FBI doesn't want to touch it because it's two small potatoes, um, but it's big enough for a share. So he and his partner, played uh, by Alberto Parker, who (laughs) you may or may not recognize from some film, he is a, uh, how do I say this? They say it in the movie, he's a half breed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, is no.
0: Half Mexican and half Native American. And boy, does Jeff Bridges give it to him. I mean, they have the wonderful banter together and a real true love for one another. Now, what happens is this is a cowboy and I'll say the word Indian movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's the good guys versus the bad guys. And the whole movie is following these two brothers across um, Texas to see if they can catch them, especially because they do one last robbery it may or may not go wrong or right. Mm, mm, mm. By the end of it, there is some interesting catharsis. I'll say that much. So, that's the gist of the plot. Um, there a lot of twists and turns um, that I kind of left off, but I do want to say this. Hell or High Water is really what would happen if you tried to film a modern day 2016 cowboy movie. Yes. Mm. With technology and all that it has but also with the bones and structures of a good old western i'm talking about a shootout yes i'm talking about somebody gets a girl yes i'm talking about fighting for your family yes i'm talking about robbing and stealing yes i'm talking about native americans (laughs) yes yeah mexicans yes everything is yes this is a modern day cowboy movie Now we've seen other movies such as the Duel, the Valley of Violence, even the Dressmaker. All of them trying to give us a taste of good old John Wayne. Well, I'll tell you what, Hell or High Water is the ticket for this summer. Performances, very briefly, Jeff Bridges does Jeff Bridges, amazing. Ben Foster plays the crazy loose cannon brother. You don't know what he's going to do. He's going to get the job done by any means possible. I'll say that. And Chris Pine gives a surprise performance that's very pulled back and also intriguing because he's the brother with the brains, but he's (laughs) also the brother with the most to lose because Mm. he's doing all of this for his two boys whom he hasn't seen in a year. So the stakes are pretty high. Now to the writing. This is Taylor Sheridan. The beginning of the movie is a slow burn. It is setting it up. You're getting the relationships. You're getting the stakes. You're getting all the jokes. You're get- I mean, it just totally sets you up for a boom, impactful, climactic, shootout, get it all out there scene. And then he winds back down and leaves you with a question. That is his writing pattern. It was his writing pattern for Sicario. It is his writing pattern for Hell or High Water. And I say this. I trust you now, Taylor. I'm eager to see what else you have in store because huh. this is a pretty good script. Again, I'm going back to what you said, Critic. Westerns, if you're going to do a shootout, if you're going to have Westerns, if you're going to have a like that manly kind of manly movie, Yeah. why are we talking? Why are we doing all this talking? I tell you what. They're going to put their actions behind their words so if you want to check out hell or high water in the theater i suggest you do it it's wonderful but if you've got a choice between two or three movies that you're juggling around paying 15 16 dollars for this is also an extremely enjoyable um movie if you decide to watch it at home but the question is do you really want to wait that
1: long Oh my goodness. That, that is so much for me to think about and for us to digest.
0: I don't even know. Did <laughs> you say digest? Just <laughs> digest. And of course, let me tell you, you may just want to go to the movies to see this cameo. You don't know who she is. Her name is Margaret Bowman. But she plays the T-bone waitress. And when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you, you will avoid that restaurant at all costs because she's going to make a decision for you You will do it. You will avoid Texas. (laughs) (laughs) the T-Bone Rangers. It is worth watch for Margaret.
1: (laughs) I'm done after that. (laughs) Look, everybody, please, again, this is probably out already at a theater near you, or it's coming soon. I'll see you in the theater. That's what I'll say. I'll see you all in the theater. (laughs) And now, the pick of the week.
0: The Critics coming at you with the pick of the week, and it is Netflix's Narcos in its second season, yes, round two, um, of uh, Pablo... Drug Lord Escobar, and it, it's uh, it's gonna be a great binge for you to watch, I'm sure, as you deal with your holiday weekend. It's created by Paul Eckstein, Doug Nero, Chris Brancato, and Carlo Bernard, uh, starring Wagner Moura, Boyd Holbrook, Pedro Pascal. It's round two. Come at us. Tell us about this
1: narcos okay i, I mean it was it got really serious no, i know i got me.
0: dramatic i was trying to get the dramatics in there but yeah yeah it's coming back for round two catch us up on round one
1: so round one of course as the ref said everyone this is about pablo escobar but it's about how he came to be who he is oh Yeah, in the beginning, and then we get into who we know he is.
0: Okay, got it, got it.
1: Don't mess with him, even before he had all of the power that he uh, attained. Because there's one scene, Ref, I always think about. He's on a bridge, and he's really uh, an exporter. So this is before he really gets deep into the drugs. And he is there with the patrol and he lays down the law. Mm-hmm. So we know this is he's no one to mess around with. Now, the other part of this story is the DEA agents.
0: Okay.
1: Okay? So Wagner Mora plays Pablo Escobar. And Boyd Holbrook and Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah,
0: there it goes.
1: <laughs> they play the DEA agents. So we see not only his side, but also their side. We also see how... Uh, For Boyd Holbrook, his wife, she's involved, you know, so there's danger there. So it's great. And we also see the political environment that uh, Pablo Escobar is a part of. We see how he gets uh, locked up in his own home. Ooh, oh, oh! Yeah, yeah, he has he has a uh, house arrest in a, in a huge estate. I mean, if, if we could only be so lucky. So I would say, even if you go, oh, is this Pablo Escobar? I know all about it. No, no, no. Check this out. The writing is solid. The acting is excellent. And by the way, if you don't know Pedro Pascal, you better. That's the Red Viper from, uh, you know what, Winter is Coming. I'm not going. to
0: Oh, don't say the name. It's like Macbeth, uh, the, the Scottish play. <laughs> well, if you want to check. It out, it comes out this Friday, and you can binge your little heart, silly. I suggest you may or may not.
1: Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com.
0: Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on
1: iTunes. We'll see you next week.
0: See you.